0: Today on The Scott Thompson Show on AM 900 CHML. Now I want to talk about something that um, is um, rather interesting to watch. The head of WestJet has stepped up his fight against the growing push to unionize the airline staff, telling them to resist organized labor's pitch because it will eat into their paychecks. Joining us to talk about this is Christo Aviles, the labor and poly-sci history, poly history professor at uh, Queen's University. Christo, how are you, sir?
1: uh great how are you
0: excellent so first of all i i wanted to ask i understand you've got a beautiful new football stadium out there richardson stadium doesn't look like the way it did i understand it's quite nice
1: yeah they have put a lot of work into it it's uh it's really turning around i used to live just on the tower overlooking it and you know, it was a little rough, but I think it, died. <laughs> it was it was worth putting some money into.
0: it. I remember walking in there thinking this looked this like circa 1972. I mean, I'm digressing a bit, but I understand it is gorgeous. So let's uh, talk about this now. First of all, let's kind of uh, find out um, why. Uh, a- any ideas why WestJet employees would want to, in essence, unionize?
1: Well, you know, there's a, there's a real sense that you know, like with with anything, there, there's a lack of control over one's position in the workplace. Generally that's how it, it it goes. You know, there's a a dissatisfaction with wages or with benefits or with scheduling or with, you know, perceptions of favoritism. These are the kind of things that happen in any kind of workplace. And in WestJet they've kind of long had this message, both internally but also how they've kind of sold themselves to consumers, is that well all of our staff are owners like you know they have shares in the company but a lot of the workers are saying effectively they're still day-to-day employees like anybody else and that you know a union would help address some of those concerns.
0: Now from what I understand in an email that was sent last Thursday their CEO Greg Cereski there's said there's five unions trying to certify several groups of WestJet workers now this started when their pilots agreed in May to join the airline pilots association any idea what those five unions would be
1: um it would really depend i mean i wouldn't want to go out and, and and necessarily speculate but because you know an airline is such a varied organization you have clerical workers you have you know people who you know lug the uh the luggage you have pilots you have all sorts of people in that sense it could be any kind of variety of unions that uh, you know you would look for instance i would say as a general rule you might see some of the same unions that would be working within Air Canada, Um, but you might have, you know, quite general unions like Unifor, uh, you know, that represent a lot of, you know, big bargaining units. Within the case of pilots, you often have you know, very, very smaller, kind of more limited bodies that represent specialized workers.
0: Now, the uh, the email from Greg Soretsky took a uh, specific aim at some of the union dues. He said WestJet employees stand to pay $16.6 million a year if the unions succeed. He says money that goes toward union bureaucracy and a part to other organizing efforts at other companies. Uh, do you buy what he's saying?
1: Well, you know, in a sense, I mean, when you when you join a union, you you do pay union dues. And I mean, I'm not sure if his calculation is correct or not. But, you know, the argument from the union would be that in, in a sense, you gain more from the collective bargaining process over the medium to long term um, than you do pay in dues. You know, for instance, if you're, you know, you pay, say, 2% in dues, but your wages go up 4%, then for the worker, their gain is 2%. And in terms of you know, this money will be used to organize at other workplaces. To a certain degree, that's true, but I guess the union would say that, you know, there's a social value to having more and more workers be a part of the labor movement, and, you know, those organized workers should kind of pay to help, you know, you know, regenerate that
0: process. Uh, he goes on to say they get nearly seventeen million dollars of your money, four hundred twenty-five million over a twenty-five year career. Um, and I guess this is the question, and you've uh, kind of touched on it. Uh, he said the question we're asking uh, you, urging you to ask yourselves, is it better to get a check than a bill? And I guess that's what people have to deal with, isn't it? And when they have to sit down and decide, do we want the union or not?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a discussion people have to have. There's a pure monetary value to a union in many cases. Um, you know, and, and obviously the studies are done by, by, by groups that are generally pro-labor, but they can say that, you know, people in a union make on average X amount of dollars. I think it's $5 more an hour in Ontario, and the dues are not $5 an hour. In that sense, the value could be there. But, you know, even beyond that, there's non-monetary value to unions as well. There could be better job security. There could be better you know, issues around scheduling, let's say it allows you to spend more time with your family or allows you to work around daycare concerns. These things are purely, in in an indirect sense, non-monetary, but they could have great value to, to various segments of the workforce. Want to hear more? Download the podcast
0: on iTunes or Google Play and listen to The Scott Thompson Show weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML.